Hello and welcome to D23 Inside Disney, the show that gives you a look at the latest Disney news and a peek at the people who make the magic at the Walt Disney Company. I'm D23's Jeffrey Epstein. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And we're your hosts who will take you Inside Disney. Welcome back to another episode of D23 Inside Disney. Yay. Woohoo! It's just you and me, Candace. I know. It's so weird. Jeffrey's on the longest Disney cruise ever. It yeah, feels like. I know. He's having so much fun, though. He is I'm having so much him. fun. And he was here and we got to interview Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, the directors of Frozen 2, a couple weeks ago. I know. I'm sad I missed that. I can't believe of all the interviews, if I had to miss one, it would be about Frozen 2. But I'm excited well, to hear it coming up. Yeah, they're great. So we get to hear that interview later. And Frozen 2 is coming out this week. I'm so excited. Me too. But before we get to all of that frozen to goodness, there is some yummy goodness happening right now at Disneyland Resort. I'm ready for yummy goodness, Sherry. Holiday treats are all over the park now through January 6th. You can find them at Pooh Corner, Candy Palace, Charlie Treats, Bing Bong Sweet Stuff, and Marceline's Confectionery. So basically everywhere you go at Disneyland right now, you will find a holiday treat. Oh my gosh. I keep seeing these in my Instagram feed and I'm just like, I want the pretzel. I want the apple. I want the everything, whatever that snowflake is. I don't know what it's made of, but I want it. (laughs) Let me run you through a list of my personal favorites. Okay. Mini Santa Apple. Want it. Yes. (laughs) Same. Snowflake Apple. Complete with a white chocolate snowflake, Haunted Mansion Holiday Wreath Crispy Treat. Ooh. Yeah, it looks so yummy. And it has a little red chocolate bow, too. Okay, super cute. Snowman Cake Pop. Complete with a jelly bean button nose, dark chocolate eyes, a sour belt, and candy-coated chocolate earmuffs. Wait, a sour belt? Yes. Okay. So you get a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sour. I like the that. The perfect combo. Also, for all you churro lovers, there's a churro marshmallow wand, too. Wait, a wand? What does that mean? It's a marshmallow dipped in white chocolate, and then it's rolled in graham crackers and cinnamon and sugar, so you get all the flavors of a churro and then the gooey inside of a marshmallow wand. Oh my god, I'm so hungry. (laughs) Wow. That's at the top of my list. Top of my food list, for sure. And there's churro toffee, too. Okay. Yep. All the churro things. So all of this is available sporadically throughout this month and next month up until January 6th. So don't forget to check it out. (laughs) Plenty of time. Plenty of time to eat all the things. In addition to all the holiday treats, there are so many holiday attractions and things to do at Disneyland right now. So at Cars Land, Luigi's Rollick and Roadsters are now Luigi's Joy to the World. Uh Oh, the world. Yeah. (laughs) Mater's Jingle Jamboree is also at Cars Land right now. It's a small world holiday, Haunted Mansion holiday. All the holiday things. It's the best time of year. And I hope it never ends, but I know it will end on January 6th. No, I don't even want to think about January. I I can't go there in my mind. It's far away. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Well, we're very excited, too. There are brand new Frozen 2 experiences opening at Epcot just in time for the film. So here's what you got to do if you're at Epcot. Anna and Elsa are going to be celebrating the film at Royal Summer House. That's in the Norway Pavilion. And at the Fjording Shop, they're going to feature new Frozen 2-inspired Elsa and Anna costumes for kids, which that's going to be adorable. Also at Epcot, there is a cupcake filled with chocolate buttercream decorated with frosting and topped off with white chocolate. So Mm. if you add that to all the Frozen-inspired spirit cupcakes, cheesecake, caramel mousse, and all the things we mentioned on the show three weeks ago, you're basically (laughs) set for dessert at Epcot, Sherry. Wow. 
Frozen 2 season. All the things here, all the things there, and then watch Frozen 2. Yeah, you want to add another sense in there. The Frozen 2 soundtrack is available now to Sherry. So this one has all eight original songs, including Elsa's new theme, Into the Unknown. That one's sung by Adina Menzel. You've got Lost in the Woods, which is an 80s power ballad sung by Jonathan Groff's Kristoff. That one is great. Great. That was my favorite. No spoilers, but one of my favorite moments of the movie, for sure. Iconic. Iconic. Okay, Something's Never Changed. That one's on the soundtrack as well. Also included in the 46-track two-disc deluxe edition are renditions of the new tracks by artists like Casey Musgrave. She sings All Is Found. Weezer's doing their own version of Lost in the Woods. And, of course, Panic at the Disco doing Into the Unknown. And not only that, but there's also outtakes, instrumental versions of the songs in the film's entire score. So Frozen 2 soundtrack, it's out now. Speaking of all the things Frozen 2. Yes, give me <laughs> Did more. Did you see that the cast of Frozen 2 kicked off the holidays at Disneyland Resort? Yes, and I had a friend there, and I was watching online at the same time, and I was trying to tell her, like, go, go right now, and she oh. totally missed them. But oh, no. Well, you can check it out on the Parks blog. So Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, Jonathan Groff, and Josh Gad all surprised park goers right before the Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks Spectacular. The four of them share their favorite Disney memories, just like we talk about in our show, and their holiday traditions, and it's great. They really just feel like a family. That's awesome. And we can't talk about Disney news without mentioning, of course, Disney+. Plus. Yes. So everyone is talking about The Mandalorian, and I actually went to a Mandalorian fan event and special screening last week, and it was epic. I mean, (sighs) The Mandalorian fans are in they like made their own helmets they were chanting wow. they were so so excited to be there and they got to meet some of the stars including Pedro Pascal Gina Carano Carl Weathers Werner Herzog John Favreau I mean everyone was there and there was a Q&A too the best part about this is fans got to watch the first three chapters of The Mandalorian and only oh, two wow. are available right now so they got a little sneak peek at what's coming Ooh, somebody's got spoilers for me then. I know. All right. Well, we got to talk about a new movie that's coming to Freeform. This is, I don't want to jump too far ahead on holidays, Sherry. Sorry about this, but we're going to fast forward to Valentine's Day. Oh, I love that holiday, too. I knew you would love it. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, production has just begun on The Thing About Harry, which is directed by the creator of Good Trouble and The Fosters on Freeform. And here's basically the plot of the movie, Sherry. It's about two high school enemies. One is like your jock guy named Harry. The other one is an out and proud guy named Sam. Well, they're forced to share a car ride back to their Missouri hometown for a friend's engagement party, which just so happens to be on Valentine's Day. Well, when Sam learns that Harry's come out and they're stuck spending the night together at a roadside motel, they sort of find this deep friendship developing, leaving them both wondering if a potential romance could be brewing on the road trip. And uh, there you go. I don't know a lot more about it. We're going to have to watch it on Valentine's Day on Freeform. Wow. I can't wait to watch that. So we talked about the Frozen 2 experiences at Epcot and the Frozen 2 soundtrack. So it only is fitting that we end this episode with our interview with the Jennifer Lee, the Chris Buck, all about Frozen 2. Hey, Jen. Hey, Chris. So good to see you guys. Great to be here. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thank Thank you. you for being a part of inside disney we're yeah so this is you. so exciting well we're yeah. inside disney every day yeah 24 7 so, not, so. Yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic welcome inside our disney <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's start with the original frozen so was there ever a moment before that film came out when you had a sense of just how massive it would be the oh. only thing that i got it was opening weekend and i got a text from someone saying that at the end of the movie, when the end credits started to roll, 
there were a group of teenage girls that ran up in front of the theater and right in front of the screen and they just started dancing. It was like a big dance party that happened. And this was opening weekend. So people didn't know the songs that well yet, but maybe they'd seen it already a couple times. <laughs> that was just my first inkling of what was about to happen. We felt like we had something special. We could feel it. The crew was feeling it. But I think the big thing was, would anyone come to see it? <laughs> you don't know. But it was just a little bit after that where I went to New York City to visit and went with friends and I'm like oh it's full I didn't you know it's been a few weeks it's still full and then people were singing the songs and reciting the lines out loud and that's when I realized they had come they'd seen it already and I called Chris and I was like this is weird and then we, ju- <laughs> then we, just, we just said what have we done <laughs> <laughs> I blamed you <laughs> many parents around the world said that too. <laughs> yes Do you guys have a a collectible or something that you got from the first film that you treasure above all others? Ooh. Boy, that's a good question. I have one thing that I have that I treasure for very, very personal reasons. I will say we've gotten some lovely letters and gifts and handmade things over the years. I had purchased myself online. It's a toy that is the on an Elsa with the bicycle built for two, and it sings, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Oh, but it sings the portion of it that my daughter actually sang in the first film. So I have a toy with my daughter singing when she was nine. She's now 16. So uh, I hold on on to that. So that one for me is very special. Oh, cool. I feel bad because I'm a bad parent because my son did one of the lines from the trolls. (laughs) But I don't have any troll merchandise to commemorate, so I feel really okay. bad. Lives Jen. on in the Thanks. film. We can we can take care of that. We can get you in my house, I have some of the beautiful maquettes that were done, the sculptures mm. that are just gorgeous, and so those are really kind of special. Okay, well, this is a huge question, but how did you land on the story of Frozen Two? <laughs> it was easy. No, I bet. <laughs> I'm very much kidding. Simple, simple. <laughs> yeah. I first pitched the idea of, boy, it was 2008? Yeah, for Frozen. Of Snow Queen. It was uh, the original Snow Queen. And then it just kept evolving. The studio said, yes, let's do it. And it kept evolving. At one point, you know, Elsa was a villain. They weren't even sisters. So it, it did quite evolve. And then when the idea came up of two sisters, it became, then we went, oh, wow. Okay, that's really emotional. And Jen joined me, you know, I'm not, what year did you join me? Was it um, 2012. 12. 12. Right. That's when the movie took off. I mean, we really saw That's because we didn't have much time. We had to. We had 18 <laughs> months up, to finish, finish the first, to do the first film. Wow. Uh, unprecedented, but. Um, but we had the same vision yeah. and for the movie. And we did have an ending mm-hmm. that we really thought was, mm-hmm. was powerful. And then we had the idea of flipping the trope a little bit of romantic love. And so. The idea that there's so many forms of romantic love and it didn't have to be just the kiss from a prince, which we had done many, many times and, and done so well. So it became the love between two sisters. Yeah, the true love, true love didn't have to be romantic love. It could be the love of two sisters and yeah. family love. But what was interesting about to jump into Frozen 2 is we thought we were done. <laughs> we did think we were done. We felt happily ever after, and they were able to be together, and Elsa was accepted for her powers, and love conquered fear in terms of of that. But we found a few months later, we missed the characters. Then people kept asking, why does Elsa have powers? Where were the parents going? 
Why doesn't Anna have powers? All of these questions. What's next for them? Is there such a thing as happily ever after? And we realized we had a lot more we wanted to tell. It started with that question of why does Elsa mm-hmm. have powers? But we didn't know what the story was. We just knew that was enough that we wanted to get started. And finding the story, I mean, we were still finding it through the summer. You're always pushing yourself. But I think that first, it was probably 2016 when we, three years ago, when we really landed on the foundation of the story right. structure. And it's been rewriting and rewriting and reboarding ever since. Wow. So you talked about a bit about one piece of uh, question that was from the first movie were there other mysteries or things that you said you know what we want to get a little more into this something that we were wondering about too all our characters we realized were just at the beginning of their Mm -hmm. relationships at the end of the film they were at the beginning of a relationship Christoph and Anna were Anna and Elsa were at the beginning of a relationship because they had been apart so what does that look like I think for Olaf you know he was only days old in the (laughs) first one I think we're having a lot of fun as he explores the world and he confronts maturity, how does Olaf mature and grow? He has the vocabulary of an adult, but the sensibility of a child. And so we had a lot more questions like that as well. Yeah. And he does learn to read. Finally. He has learned to yeah. read in this one. Fine. And he's also a big trivia buff. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, and, and you get into the parents a little bit. The parents were very important to us, I think, wondering where were they going. But I think we always love the idea of the support of these parents. And the people ask a lot about them. It was difficult in the first film to spend a lot of time with them knowing we were going to lose them. It would, would become a Bambi moment, I think. And we were really trying to focus on the two girls and now them being alone. But we were able now that we know that story to go back and get to know them. And you come to realize there's a lot more to their story and it has a greater implications on both, both of the girls and, and why they are the way they are and who they are. What was it like reuniting with your frozen family, with Adina, with Kristen, with Jonathan, with Josh? It was great. I mean, the first session was always exciting, but it was a whole new story for them, even though they're very familiar characters. So it was still working with them very closely Mm -hmm. about their journeys. And each of them are so invested in the characters. And so we wanted to make sure that they felt as comfortable as we did as we went along. And we sort of pushed and pulled our characters quite a bit. And they gave us a lot of great insight a lot of great improv a lot of you know just working in the booth with them to really create and craft these characters and their next journey mm-hmm. any fun stories from the recording sessions that you remember? <laughs> one thing that's a poignant story i think for me first is working with Kristen bell very early on on anna's journey and there's an incredible song I think we've a little snippet of it has been released called Do the Next Right Thing. That came from dialoguing back and forth, and she recorded a real emotional journey of discussion that we sent to Bummy Kristen, and they built a song out of it. She was that involved. Because it's a very emotional song. It's very powerful. But the first time she recorded it, she had a cold. Oh, right. And she sounded great. She sounded like she'd been crying the whole time. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) It was beautiful. Josh Gad, of course, what we always love is he's such a fan of improv. So we will improv. We will run over in scenes. We will make up things. 90% we can't use because it has modern colloquialisms (laughs) in it. But... um, there's a funny joke about a character named Samantha. That's all I have to say. And Josh came up with that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so Jennifer, in the first movie, you voiced the role of Anna and Elsa's mother. Now, granted, it was just one line, but how'd you feel about giving up the role to Evan Rachel Wood? 
She relinquishing the crown, she so to speak. She didn't give it up. We had to tear, had to, tear it out of her hands. They had to fire me. No. <laughs> no. I think, I, think, I think it was one of the first things I, I said was when we knew we were going to open up the mom story more and she would probably sing and say, okay, when are we recasting? No one argued with me, though. I'm, you know, no one. They've heard me sing. They know. But, you know, Evan is extraordinary. And what was interesting, I mean, we do pretty big casting calls and people sing and there was something about her. We knew Anna Nelson very well and to have this moment where you can feel that their mother's in the room is the moment we kept saying we're just waiting for that moment where you feel their mother's in the room and she she walked in we didn't give sides we gave a monologue from a play just because we weren't sharing anything of what was going on in the film yet and she spoke and we that was it we knew we looked yeah, at each other knew. and then wow. she sang and we were in tears so i was like oh okay. well, and her singing <laughs> her singing voice hits this beautiful sweet spot between Kristen's and adina's mm-hmm. so you go well, yeah. that's, it's just perfect wow well i can't believe we've made it this far in the interview without bringing up bruni <laughs> what can you tell us What's about up him with bruni He's already a breakout star from the trailer. He started just as this cute salamander, and Elsa connects with him. I can't say too much. There's things we can't say about Bruno. Secrets. Some secrets. We wanted to go for something obviously very cute. Then also sort of this magical moment that Elsa has with the salamander and this beautiful connection. Bruni was such a hit with our early screenings that we put more Bruni in. Yeah, what happened for me is, you know, Bruni was doesn't speak but in animator's dream so the minute we saw bruni animated i began to understand bruni better the so power then of the power of bruni and the <laughs> delight but also bruni brought out this side of elsa and even when we were sort of improving it with adina this nurturing side that really fit her i loved that it was through this other character this she's shy with humans <laughs> but with this lovely little salamander she was able to come to life so i think that was great and and so we did add Bruni to a lot more of the film and it just brought the scenes to life mm-hmm. even more. We loved having you back at the expo this year. Obviously the footage of the songs were such a hit. What is it like though? I've never stood on that stage from where you guys were. What is that like, that feeling in that room of being in Hall D23? It's surreal. It is I surreal. mean, it is surreal. The great thing is it's yeah. all Disney fans. We're Disney fans. Yeah, you feel like you're home so in a you weird really way. you really do yeah. feel that you're home and everyone is there. They're so wonderful. They're so warm. They're so accepting of anything you show and excited to see any of the footage or hear any of the songs. So it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And it really is uh, one of the special kind of highlights of of both of these movies for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we always end every interview by asking our special guest what their favorite Disney memory is. So if you had to pick just (laughs) one, what would you pick? I will always go back to Cinderella. My sister says I was two when I got a book that went through Cinderella. I hadn't even seen the film yet, and I knew every page. And I was just given that book again by her. She sent it to me, and I was in tears. And now behind my desk, the ARL just sent me the drawings of the transformation of of Cinderella into her dress. Cinderella's always been an anchor for me. She perseveres through a lot. So I always you ask that, and she's the first thing Mm -hmm. that comes to mind. There's a lot of Disney memories. I mean, my favorite movie is Pinocchio. That's the very first film I think I saw as a kid. Loved it. Fell in love with I th- I think that's where I fell in love with animation was probably that day. To this day, I still love the film. You can't top When You Wish Upon a Star. It's <laughs> one of the most amazing songs and ever, not just a Disney song. Mm-hmm. So. 
Agreed. Well, Thank it's you. been so great talking with you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you both so yeah. much for Thank being you. here. Thank it's you. It's been great to be Thank here. You. Thank and you. congratulations on Frozen 2. Can't wait Thank to you. see it. Thank you. Can't Thank you. Wait yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. I learned so much during that interview. That was awesome. Me too. They were so fun to talk to. So excited about Frozen 2. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. And don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen and hit the subscribe button. And for all the latest Disney news, don't forget to check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and, of course, a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.